summer. Yeah. Uh, I, if you're ready to go with Bruce Lee, I'm ready to, to learn. Alrighty. Um, I don't know how long. It shouldn't be too long. That's okay. I, I like that. Let's check it out. Bruce Lee. What was his time frame of living? Uh, the 20th century. That's pretty broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> so Bruce Lee uh, lived from 1940 until 72, 73. Oh, okay. Somewhere in there. Not super long, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to say that, so Bruce Lee is actually arguably the most famous member of Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I didn't, I didn't have a joke for that. Oh. Uh, so Bruce Lee was born November twenty seventh, nineteen forty. Um, actually, in a in a in San Francisco in in a Chinese hospital. He was born in the United States. Uh huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. See, so already. he is technically, you know, he has American citizenship against the wishes of an otherwise orange faced motherfucker in the White House. He he did have naturalized citizenship. Carrot top. Yeah, carrot top in the oh. White House. <laughs> I don't know he's in the White House. That's crazy. Hairtop has a weirdly aggressive stance on immigration. <laughs> Does he really? I don't know. Oh. I was about to say, like, shit, I, that's a weird connection I, there. <laughs> I like Carrotop at all, but I don't know anything about him. Yeah. He seems like a simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... I decompose myself. So, uh... Uh, Bruce Lee's parents were in San Francisco uh, <laughs> because they. <laughs> I'm actually not 100 percent sure why they were in San Francisco. They they were not super well to do in Hong Kong, um, but they ran to America. I think just for you know opportunity or whatever. Right. I couldn't find any reason for why they went, and I couldn't find any reason for why they went back. But after Bruce was three months old, they they hopped back to to Hong Kong, so they weren't even here for super long right away. Yeah. Um, but his mom named him, his Chinese name is Li Jun Fan, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong, but means return again, because she, I guess, prophetically knew that he was going to come back to America. They were going to name him Li Sai Fong, which means uh, little phoenix, which is just another metaphor for returning. I don't know what the, what, what the returning thing is all about in her mind. Right. I don't know. Asian people and reincarnation, I don't understand it. Fair enough. So I could not find a definitive answer on this, but the theory is that his name is Bruce because he was born in America, and the the doctor who oversaw his birth thought he should have an American name and was just like, Bruce. <laughs> is that really why? He's just like... His name is Lee Jun Fan. Right. People call him Bruce because some doctor was like, no, that kid's American. His name's Bruce. That's right. Are you That's so fucking crazy. I, I think they wrote it down on his birth certificate, and that's it. It's stuck. His fucking name is Bruce. <laughs> Even though he's Chinese. I mean, whatever. All right. So uh, his family has an interesting background. His mom is actually like from the most uh, rich and influential clan in Hong Kong. 
Mm. But she uh, opted out of being part of that dynasty to marry uh, his dad because I guess he was just that good looking. And he was an opera singer in Cantonese opera singer. And I'm assuming very good looking and charming because he wooed this lady to leave all of her influence and money. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he was an opera singer and he, he's, he was in a lot of Chinese movies when they were in Hong Kong and oh. actually Bruce Lee's like natural charisma and energy, uh, was noticed by some directors when he was on film or when he was on the set and they put him in a few movies. So Bruce Lee is actually a child movie star in Hong Kong. I did not know that. I had, so I, he already had kind of like links to like film and stuff mm-hmm, huge early on. yeah he's i mean even before all the kung fu shit he was uh like a household name in hong kong as a kid movie star he he was in um 20 movies by the time he was 18 oh shit see i didn't know any of that he knew how to act he did comedies and dramas and shit um but unfortunately they went back to hong kong at the wrong time because so another thing i didn't know you know pearl harbor was actually like the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Right. Was actually a two pronged military thing where the Japanese obviously attacked us, but they also attacked Hong Kong on the same day. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they I'm sure they called it Operation Be an Asshole, but right. they uh they attacked Hong Kong to both declare war on China and Britain, because Hong Kong is a British colony at this point. So um, because the Britishers... Oh, wait. Hong Kong was a British colony? Yeah, kind of like when we were doing Gandhi. Yeah, I did not know that. Britain is just... Britain has... Yeah, they, they basically just... at one point had, like, everybody. Yeah, they're just imperial mm-hmm. assholes. Right. And you see how, how it's worked out for them now that they're doing Brexit and their <laughs> politics are garbage. Right. <laughs> Something changed. It, 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 it didn't work out in the long run, but... Yeah, so the Japanese wanted to... Uh, declare war on everybody at once. Just get it done. Yeah. They were very efficient people. Yeah, they were attacking actually a lot of places, uh, a lot of islands too that were... Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of dickheads. Um, so yeah, they... And because Britain was sort of stretched thin from the effort in Europe, they couldn't defend them. And the Chinese were still pretty much agrarian, so they couldn't do shit. So the Japanese just kind of walked in and started killing and raping civilians. Bummer. Yeah, it was really a good time. So uh, the Lees family lived under Japanese occupation for about three and a half years. And uh, the neighborhood that they lived in was nice, upstanding, because his dad was a successful film person. Right. Uh, But yeah, it went downhill. I mean, after Japanese occupation and a slew of like refugees coming to Hong Kong after even during the Japanese occupation and then the Japanese lose and go home, uh, China went through some shitty times and started becoming communist. And so there was a lot of refugees. And so they all moved around. So Hong Kong became just a third world shithole. Bummer. Yeah. So Bruce was accustomed to like a nice affluent life. Suddenly there's, there's garbage in the streets and everybody's homeless. So he kind of grew up a little bit angry and street fighting and, he ran with some some street gang kids. No, I didn't know that either. So he was was he doing like illegal things considered to the no, state or not criminal? Just like you know, a group of twelve year olds who were picking fights with other twelve year olds. Okay, and there was still British there. They still had a lot of like schools and pol- uh, 
like political buildings and shit like that. So the Chinese kids would pick fights with the British kids because that's what people do. Yeah. So he was part of one of those kinds of kid gangs. I'm sure it was a lot like West Side Story, you know, <laughs> yeah. is, is the Jets. Well, his father was a uh, musical, you know, right? So he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's all singing opera at him <laughs> you better put that knife down get out of our country <laughs> now um so yeah he uh through street fighting he decided he wanted to get into um kung fu which i i didn't know was actually not like a staple in chinese society what it wasn't no a lot of people think it is but it's sort of like the way that I saw it is that it's sort of like how yoga got big around here right. in the last few decades. Like hand-to-hand combat was not a thing that everybody did in Asia as opposed to the Western view of it. Right. But after the war, it it sort of became a regular thing. So uh, Kung Fu became a... So did it grow out from like further from the war? Like so before it wasn't... Yeah. Because I think like most Americans, including myself, you know, you think of somebody who... Uh, especially during that time frame, if you were Chinese or Japanese, you you knew martial arts. Like that yeah. was just part of your normal. Up- well, it is part of their military training. Oh, okay. Which is actually where a lot of kung fu or just karate came into America was from the American soldiers being in Asia from the Korean and War and the World War Two and picking that shit up and bringing it back. Interesting. But yeah, after the war is what created uh, the interest in in that even in China. Okay. So, uh, little Bruce, he's a little guy. Um, he was always a little smaller than everybody else. So, and, and he was born with a, a bit of a fiery attitude. So, yeah, he went straight for Kung Fu and he, he practiced something called, uh, a style called Wing Chun. Yeah. Which is just fun to say. Yeah, Wing Chun. <laughs> Wing Chun. Wing Chun. Wing Chun. Uh, which is, uh, at least apocryphally, um, supposedly designed by a Shaolin nun, a little woman. It's designed for people who are smaller. Oh, okay. Like, like Bruce. So it's sort of like a close hand-to-hand combat that's based on, like, interception. So as opposed to um, being aggressive, it's more defensive in that if you anticipate somebody about to hit you, you hit them first. Wow. So it's really quick. Yeah, it's all about speed. Nice. And being shorter he than was your fast. Opponent, actually. Yeah, I saw some videos. He was a fast motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so he gets into fighting. He gets into boxing. He actually likes the American style of boxing while he's in high school. And he wins a tournament for boxing. So he's... he's I would have never guessed that. He's picking up all this shit. Because he's, like, known for not only his weapons, obviously, and being able to mm-hmm. wield those, but obviously, like, you know, he does karate and, and or martial arts. He kicks and flies around the room and stuff. So it's kind of yeah. funny to think, like, no, I prefer boxing. Or, you know, no, I just rage. want to punch a guy in the face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No kicking, no kicking. Well, that, like, um, yeah, I mean, I'll get into it, but, like, his his personal fighting style that he invented uh, takes in all that shit. Like, it was inspired by American boxing and wrestling and even, um, what's it called, uh, sword fighting. Yeah, sword fighting. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, like, with a broad sword. Are you talking about, like, with the katana? Fencing. Oh, fencing. Fencing, like, British fencing all he right. was inspired so by. he kind of took everything in and yeah that's cool he just sucked it all in right he made it his own so he actually ended up being too good at fighting uh which is probably a surprise to most people but he beat up 
the son of a member of a triad gang member. Oh, shit. Yeah, and he actually got into some fights with so many kids at school that the the principal of the school told his parents, like, he can't come here anymore. <laughs> Was he just picking fights with anybody like that? He just, there's I'm mi- not short. Fuck you. Yeah, they're, they're sort of mixed um, stuff that I could find about it, but it kind of said both that, like, Hong Kong at the time, at that age, it was easy to get in fights, but then there was also stuff saying that he picked fights. Yeah. Like, he he really did have, like, a, I don't know if you'd say a Napoleon complex, but yeah, it was sort of like, yeah. fuck you. Yeah, I can <laughs> he, kick your ass. Yeah, he's a very, I mean, that's the thing, like, I think a lot of people think about him as a nice, gentle guy who was very good at hand-to-hand combat, but everything that I read, he was actually a very arrogant, Was he that way in his older, guy. older years as well? Yeah, he's oh. just, he's just red hot. Okay. Quick to quick to temper. Yeah. Short fumes. Um, but his parents were worried about the retribution from the triad, so they actually sent him back to America. Because they thought they were going to come after him? Yeah. They actually thought his life was in danger enough to send him back. Damn. Without them. Like, he, they, they were like, go live with your sister. So his sister lived out in America? Yeah. So he, he moved back um, to, it's actually Seattle where his sister lived and he went to college and studied drama and philosophy. He actually has a degree in philosophy, which is kind of cool. That's interesting, especially for someone who is. Well, maybe not a degree. I think he dropped out, but he went pretty, he went and he was through college for a few years. Yeah. Doing philosophy and drama. And he married a nice uh, lady named Linda, uh, had two kids. Right. He opened up a, a martial arts studio in Seattle where he was at, designed on his personal fighting style. Which is a mix of what he had been learning in Hong Kong, the Wing Chun. Right. Mixed with all the other shit that he was into. And he called it Jeet Kune Do, which is Chinese for something. Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, what Keet Jun Do is about is sort of like, it's the same thing where it's about being very close hand-to-hand combat for typically somebody who's smaller frame than their opponent and it mixes a lot of traditional um kung fu with american boxing fencing and then it has a very again it's like the best uh defense is a is a good offense where you would sort of preempt their strikes and strike them first kind of thing so he took the wing chung and then kind of developed that into his own thing. Yeah, mixed with kind of the boxing he got from American yeah. style boxing. Well, that and his incredible speed just sort yeah. of played into his own thing. And he had a weird stance. So I I don't know, but I'm assuming that this fighting style has a stance that replicates his stance. Yeah. And if you look at the way he fights, it's very strange. It's So he does this like, you know what, uh, you ever watch MMA? Yeah. So the southpaw stance. Oh, okay. Like Conor McGregor does. So southpaw is like when you're left-handed, but a southpaw stance is where you stand with your right hand and your right foot in front so that the first jab is from the right so that the power jab is from the left because you're a southpaw. That was his stance even though he was right-handed. He just wanted his right hand up front because – he could just hit hard enough. Because he's quick didn't matter. and hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did that one-inch punch. Have you seen those videos? Yeah. Where he only has to be an inch away from somebody. So he did like to be right up front. Yeah. Just pop him right away. Where his left hand was actually just a fucking 
back up and a distraction. Okay. He just didn't even give a shit. He's like, this is useless. I'm just going to keep hitting him with a good hand. I don't need this. You can cut it off right now. <laughs> um, but he also, so he was really into boxing. He really liked Muhammad Ali. So his, his footwork was actually based on Muhammad Ali's footwork. So that's not Asian at all. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, it, it's, it's all about having no, um, called telegraph movements. Like in boxing, a telegraph movement is when you can see somebody like cock their shoulder back so you know they're about to throw a punch. Right. So you can see it coming. So his fighting style requires that they never know when you're about to strike. Yeah. And you know when they are about to strike so you preempt. So there's a lot involved in That's it. That's interesting. Yeah. So he was trying to make sure he wasn't, like you're saying, telegraphic. Tel- telegraph what yeah. his next move was going to be. Yeah, they call it non-telegraphed. So nice. Um, it required like pretty much constant, constantly dancing. You know, it's like um, oh, does I'm he? Like uh, uh, Mortal Kombat when they're just doing <laughs> back and forth thing. You don't know when they're gonna punch. I don't know. I don't know. That's why he was always. If you look at the movies, he's always he's just doing this back and forth wobbly so we thing. Don't know. So you don't know. That's it's interesting kind of the idea. And um, he was also really big into uh, kick him in the groin. Yeah, end the fight. Poke him in the eye. He was like, it doesn't matter. Because a big thing about his fighting style was that he was sick of how conventional they were. Where like, if you knew one style of fighting, you could only fight somebody trained in the same style of fighting. Right. Because that's what you were trained for. And he's like, for one, that means nothing on, on street fighting. Right. And for two, it means nothing if you fight somebody from a different discipline. And he's like, this is stupid. Yeah. So... His style was about being like capable of fighting on the streets um, and being able to fight any style. So he really didn't want his style to become a convention. He wanted everybody to make their own and be ready for whatever they need. That's cool. Of course, ironically, after he died, his style is now a convention that you can go train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's pissed off. At the <laughs> Do people still use his fighting style today? Uh-huh. Yeah, there there are studios dedicated to it. There's a few guys. So I think he only certified three guys who were like, "Hey, you are officially capable of teaching my style." Yeah. Um, I think one or two of them are alive, but then they've bestowed that. So if you really feel like it, you could go learn that. That's cool. Learn how to do the Mortal Kombat dance and dance fight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you gotta make the. He had the best noises too. Oh my god! Out of anybody in in the martial arts, you know, movie industry and stuff, his was by far, I think, the most and entertaining it, to watch. And it's so like iconic because <laughs> nobody else does. It's because one of my favorites is when you watch them when they're overdubbed with English. Yeah. When it's the Hong Kong movies and it's it's some English guy whose dialogue he's like he's he has a very deep voice. Yeah. I am reading the script, and then as soon as he gets in a fight, it's like yeah, <laughs> like. Wow, that's it. Okay. Well, I always liked his. His was, his was always like super drawn out. Like mm-hmm. you didn't know when it was gonna end. You thought it was just gonna be like a hey and it would be it. But he's like, you know, like he just kind of kept going. And you're like, yeah. That's actually perfect. <laughs> I don't remember which movie I was watching him, and there is one where he he gets this really intense look at his face. He's like, how are you? Yeah, well, let's be honest. In a fight, I'd be scared of that. If someone just did that, like just stared at me, that's a thing. I'd be like, oh, like, God, this dude is capable of anything. <laughs> what the fuck is gonna happen right now? He's crazy. I don't want to fight him. I don't want to fight. Well, and there's like the one of the more iconic scenes is when he uh, beats up Chuck Norris. Yeah. In uh, 
oh, I'm about to get to his movies. But, um, yeah, like, the funny thing is, like, the third person in that scene is a cat. There's, like, a kitty cat that the camera keeps pointing to. Right. The, uh, the idea being that the cat's watching the fight. <laughs> and the cat just sort of walks around while the two of them are getting ready and stretching before they fight. And uh, right before they strike, it cuts to the cat, and you just hear, rawr, rawr. <laughs> and you're like, what the f- that's a little, it's like a little kitty cat just made a jaguar sound, and then they start beating the shit out of each other. Like this, this shit is awesome. <laughs> I love kung fu movies. Oh, they're the fucking they're best. So good. So, um, yeah, his uh, martial arts studio did okay. Uh, actually, good enough that he moved down to Oakland, California, and opened the second one. I mean, at this point, he was a child movie star in Hong Kong, but he didn't have any aspirations to do it in America yet. He just wanted to be a fight guy so was he making pretty decent money with his job think, of doing i think so i think he was doing okay yeah. yeah i mean enough that i think he wanted to be famous because he had a big ego and he was into it but i think he was making enough with martial arts he didn't need to yeah i assume because he actually spent lavishly yeah um and yeah as far as i understand they were i mean it was actually enough that so in san francisco there's the largest um Chinatown in the world. Yeah. As opposed, well, next to China. Chinatown. <laughs> next to China. Oh, yeah, China. <laughs> All the towns in China. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, his studio was near there, and there was this uh, semi-famous guy who owned a studio. His name is uh, Wong Jackman, or Wong Jackman. I don't know. It's one of those. Fair enough. And uh, there's conflicting stories about why this happened, but... So, according to Wong, um, Bruce Lee was just running his mouth at a tournament about how he could defeat any any kung fu teacher in in uh, San Francisco, which sounds kind of like what yeah. sounds like something he'd say right. from from the research I did. Um, according to Bruce Lee's family's story, it was that Wong actually told him to stop training non Chinese people kung fu. Right. They were like, you know, don't. Don't uh, don't reveal our secrets. Yeah, I mean, fuck the white man kind of thing. Yeah, but either way, they did end up fighting, and then of course, the fights have conflicting stories. Wong's side is that it went on for twenty five minutes and stopped because Bruce Lee was too winded to go on, and Bruce Lee's side was that it ended in three minutes with Wong on the ground and Bruce saying, "Have you had enough?" So <laughs> I don't know what happened. But either way, the this fight actually got enough press in. So we don't really know what actually we happened. We have no idea. Oh. We know they fought each other. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, Bruce Lee seems like a nice guy, but he seems like he's got a big mouth and a big ego. Probably, yeah. So at least in this scenario, I might side with Wong. Well, it's interesting because <laughs> when mean... you just you tell me that, I mean, obviously not knowing anything about it, it sounds like both of them probably embellished. Like... Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably in the middle somewhere. It's hard. To, it's hard to imagine Bruce Lee being winded. Like that guy was so that in is shape is insane. But yeah. it also seems like I could see him being like three minutes is done. See you later. Exactly. Like <laughs> saying something cool. Well, so so the Wong story goes that he was like, well, this is just going to be like a tournament style, um, settling a score. But he's like, but Bruce came at me with kill hits right away. Where he was like, he was like, I thought the guy was going to try and kill me. So according to Wong. He said that Bruce's um, uh, temper was so high all the time, he had to like defend against his life for 20 minutes, is what his story is. He's like, I was just saving my life, dude. This guy's crazy. And then Bruce Lee's story is like, 
That little punk bitch had nothing. I got him down in three minutes. So the truth is somewhere in there. Right. <laughs> in those extremes, yeah. Yeah. And either way, it got enough press that there were, like, non, um, you know, uh, Chinese press had heard about the story and went to Chinatown to check it out. And some producer um, met Bruce Lee at a tournament and was like, oh, you're that guy from that crazy-ass story. You know, do you want to come do some some shit for me because chi- or karate and kung fu is getting kind of interesting in the movies. Yeah. And Bruce was like, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm essentially Macaulay Culkin in Hong Kong. <laughs> and the guy's like, really? And he's like, yeah, you know, uh, Home Alone's based on my ex- personal experiences. <laughs> so um, he actually was in a few shows that he was like cameo stuff and just, just karate stuff. But the big thing was he ended up being casted as uh, Kato in The Green Hornet. Right. Which is sort of the the big first thing that he's known for, and as far as I'm concerned, like the most important contribution he ever made. Yeah. Due to uh, Batman, the episode he did with Batman, <laughs> which is just phenomenal. <laughs> I don't think I've seen this episode. I have to go pull this up. It's fucking amazing. Oh man! Like so, so Green Hornet and Cato are actually investigating uh, a stamp counterfeit company yeah they're, they're counterfeiting stamps and then selling them to stamp collectors <laughs> what a weird fucking crime and they're undercover because they don't want the guy who owns the stamp factory to know that they're in town because i think he's in cahoots with the governor so batman as far as he knows this is just an innocent stamp company so the green hornet even though they're both good guys they think the other one's a bad guy because they're like, well, who's in on it? Right. So they end up fighting each other. Um, the, you know, Batman and Robin fight Green Hornet and Kato, and it's hilarity ensues. It's a fantastic moment in American history. Yeah. It's my personal favorite thing that I did in any research with him. <laughs> because, my God, is it fantastic. Well, now, that makes me wonder, because some of the stuff he portrays, if, if he has this huge ego and everything, mm-hmm. I think, if I remember right, it's one of his movies. I want to say Enter the Dragon, but maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. But one of the movies, it talks a little bit about him like being Kato in The Green Hornet. And oh. what they show the clips of is not actual clips of The Green Hornet. It's kind of them talking about like they basically are filming his life at that point so they're reenacting what he was doing at that time and they make it seem that uh the green hornet was an actor who wasn't in any kind of martial arts so he was just kind of you know he was just put on set and they tell him to do stuff (laughs) and they would tell kato you're gonna come in for the scene you're gonna run down the stairs but instead he comes out and changes it by breaking the railing jumping and doing a front flip down yeah and that he kind of, yeah, and that he basically stole the show, and that's kind of what boosted him into his own that, career. That could be, but I have no idea because it's told from the perspective he, of he was after quite a fact. like an over the top showman, and I think so. It makes sense. I think when they were like, "Hey, be on this TV show," he probably saw that as an opportunity. Like, yeah, let's be famous now. That's cool and show off and stuff. Well, I mean, there's even uh, stories that he tried to pick fights with Burt Ward, who played Robin. Just because he was that much of an an aggro kind of guy, he was like, "Oh, you're the sidekick? No, I'm the fucking sidekick." <laughs> and I I heard an interview with Burt Ward, and Burt Ward says he's like, "Well, I do have a black belt, and Bruce and I sparred a few times, but it it, it it's neither here nor there." Yeah. So he didn't admit that it didn't happen, 
But I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is because the guy is an icon and passed away, people don't like to talk ill about him. And I'm not saying he's an asshole, but I think he was an asshole (laughs) in the the best way. Right. He he might have just been a bit over the top for his uh, ego. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I understand that when you're a little guy, especially if you feel the need to prove yourself. If you're, if you are, I mean, let's be honest. He's he was famous. He was, you know, he's he's someone we're doing a podcast on because of how influential he was. So he backed it up some, right? He might have had a huge ego, but he was At least, uh, doing yeah, stuff with did. it, right? I mean, yeah, if he if he was the kind of guy, and if he if he talked shit and somebody got mad, he could beat him up. So it worked out. I mean, I just talk shit and then run. Yeah, I was about to say, that, <laughs> you know, in, in the schoolyard, this is a very cool thing to do. If you're, like, no. going around telling, I could beat you up and then do it, that, that's still a shitty person. <laughs> but if, that's you know. Like the worst kind of person. But if other people are giving lip back and he's going to show off, I mean, it's still not great. But, it, you know, if yeah. he's just picking on people, that kind of sucks. But if they're, like, I mean, that, you know. So, it's, in the autobiography, or not autobiography, the, the biography that was recently released about him, the guy who wrote it. Uh, Matthew Polly said he went to Hong Kong and interviewed a bunch of people about him. And some of his schoolmates said, essentially, if you were friends with Bruce, that's awesome. If you were not friends with Bruce, that sucked. So I th- the the assumption being that he would just pick fights. It's yeah. just that, I mean, he just loved to fight. Eh. He's, a, he's a martial he's a fighter. arts. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's what his whole career in life was off. Designed his own school. You know, had a um, career. That's... That's fine. Yeah. We could justify bullies. I mean, he wasn't um, killing people, right? He wasn't going and putting people in the hospital for no reason. Well, I mean, he got a paycheck. I don't know if that's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, there's a difference also between going into a tournament with people who want to fight you. So That's true. Yeah, they know what they're signing up for. Yeah. I mean, he's always he was always he was definitely a big name when he was in tournaments, so people knew what they were getting into. When he did the demonstration of that 1-inch punch, the guy who was like his assistant who signed up for it for the for the film was pissed off after because he was like in practice he didn't hit me that hard yeah. and then in for the film uh which wasn't like a movie they were just demonstrating the one inch punch uh, bruce hit him so hard he had to call out of work for two weeks because he's like the bruising and the pain in my chest was unbearable it was that bad that's what he that's what he claims see and that's the thing is so i've seen the one inch punch and uh and it, it's it's Interesting and fun to watch. If you haven't seen it, obviously go yeah, look it up. Yeah, in and of itself, it's cool. But uh, I always thought the one-inch one punch was more of a push than it was of a, like an actual punch. Like if you watch it, yeah. you see the guy fall back. And I even the first time watching, I remember thinking, oh, that guy kind of he, – he kind of – He looks like he's faking it. Yeah, he kind of looked like he yeah. kind of fell with it to, to help make it look a little bit more realistic. Now, I don't know. I've never been punched by the one-inch punch by Bruce Lee or anybody else for that matter. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, it's amazing to hear that if he, like, put that much power into it to be able to, like, cause bruising is well, already pretty crazy, not I, to mention two weeks out. It's tough to say because the guy did work for him. Yeah, so publicity is hard to say. But those punches do look real. Like, I guess yeah. apparently you can train to learn the one-inch punch, and it's less about – um, your arm or your hands as it is about your stance and your feet like it's it's a whole body propulsion thing yeah so i guess it i mean i'm fine accepting it's a thing i don't know if it's if it's enough to push a guy i definitely wouldn't mind all putting the way my, over yeah maybe i would i definitely wouldn't mind being uh, uh, try it out to have somebody who because i've seen people on youtube who claim to do the same thing they they've claimed to learn and and can perform the one inch punch and yeah. you watch it on youtube and the problem is is that they're always doing it to somebody they know, or at least you assume that that, you know. Well, it would so, suck if they just go up to somebody they don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess they call somebody in they and they say. They pull out a camera like, hey, go hit that old lady. <laughs> 
watch her fly. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I mean more that like you don't know that they don't know each other and that they plan to be like, okay, yeah. flop. You know, when I punch you, you're gonna flop back pretty hard. I remember the first time even watching it, it kind of almost looked like you know when you hit the. You ever watching basketball when people hit the ground? They kind of they flop. Well, they almost kind of push themselves because it's easier to to hit the ground and slide a little bit than it is to just hit the ground hard. Oh, so yeah. like the second you hit, you kind of push off a little bit. And that's kind of what I saw in the one inch punch that I saw with Bruce Lee doing. I was like, the guy kind of, you know, he kind of pushes himself. But you also usually do that because you have a lot of force going down. So you don't want to fucking get, you know, a tailbone bruised or whatever. That's why it's hard to say. Yeah. But, well, especially since in the in the footage of him, uh, the, the guys always fall into a chair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And they fall enough to make the chair go backwards. Yeah. So you think. Okay, did they jump backwards or did they, they actually push off with their feet? Or... I don't know. See, that, that's why it'd be interesting. I wouldn't mind having somebody who claims to be able to do it. And, and I will can. happily learn how to do it and punch you in the chest. <laughs> okay, we'll have to do a video podcast. and then, That's fine. And then no one will know if I flop or not. It'll just be ah! me. <laughs> just, I'm just going to watch one YouTube video and then just punch you in the chest. <laughs> It's not even one inch. You just wind up and just... Fuck you! <laughs> this, is Raph, this is for Bruce Lee. <laughs> And then we don't have a podcast for a couple of weeks. I'm like, he punched me. I had to call it a work. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> you punched me in the chest. You dick. So um, after Green Hornet, which actually unfortunately only ran one season, um, he did a few other like cameos and shows, nothing too big. But he got the bug and wanted to be famous. And I don't remember, uh, I didn't write down who, but a friend of his was like, well, you know, karate movies are big back in home. Go back to Hong Kong and do that shit. Yeah. So he did, and he went back to Hong Kong, and that's where he became who we know now as the the big name karate guy because he made um, the kung fu movie Big Big Boss, uh, right. Fist of Fury, uh, Way of the Dragon with Chuck Norris, which nice. is fantastic. Uh, I love the scene where he pops every oh, yeah. single bone in his body, is just yeah. and then and then kills Chuck Norris. <laughs> It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Um, and then uh, this one I'd never seen. It's called Game of Death, which he was actually filming uh, before he died. So it wasn't finished, but he fought um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What? I that's Which is nuts. So did they release any part of the film? Or is it yeah, just... you can look. Uh, so they did cobble it together. It's not – I don't think it's very well done, but the Kareem scene is done. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the is from the NBA. Right. He's about seven he's one. Huge. He's a gigantic human being, and he has uh, currently the record for the most points of any player in the NBA. Um, he's ahead of Michael Jordan, Karl Malone. He's ahead of everybody. I don't know what he was doing in Hong Kong. I don't know who tapped him for this movie. But you can look up the scene where he fights Kareem, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So Bruce Lee's like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, like 145. Right. It's actually pretty average. Pretty average. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Kareem is about seven feet tall. Got a couple – yeah. Just Jesus. a ginormous human being. But he's Foot. an athlete, so in the movie, Kareem moves a lot quicker than he should for his size. Really? And he's very lithe. Um, it looks like he's trained in some kind of combat and they fight and it's just, that's my, that's the second best thing I've ever seen <laughs> that Bruce Lee ever did aside from Batman. Right. So I'll I have to look this up. Yeah. I recommend it. It's fucking awesome. Cause Kareem is wearing like a, it's not a bathrobe, but you know, it's karate. <laughs> 
it's not a bathroom. It's not a bathroom. It's probably ghee. Whatever it is. And so the, the, the idea behind Game of Death is kind of like a video game. I don't know what leads them there, but Bruce Lee is in a, a building with several floors, and every floor he goes to is a new boss, essentially. Yeah. And Kareem is one of the bosses, and so he walks into this room, and Kareem is just this giant. And Bruce Lee gives him this look like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and Kareem, like, sits down in this tiny rocking chair that makes him look bigger than he is. And uh, Bruce Lee walks up to him, and Kareem just barely flicks his foot up and and just kicks Bruce Lee across the room, and he just flies across the room. <laughs> and uh, and then Kareem stands up, and, yeah, he's he's almost twice the height of uh, Bruce Lee. It's, it's quite incredible. That's nuts. He's wearing these shitty sunglasses. It's amazing. Spoiler alert, he also kills Kareem. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's kung, a star kung fu movie. movies aren't like Karate Kid where you just knock a kid out. Like They, they usually Illegally. end with somebody being murdered. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So uh, luckily he did finish Enter the Dragon, which is the big, the big one everybody knows. It, right. it wasn't released until after his passing, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but right around this time, um, he actually hurt his back. Uh, he pulled a disc, and so he actually had to wear a brace for about six months uh, when he wrote his the book that he's known for, which is called Jeet Kune Do, right. um, which just breaks down his fighting style and his personal philosophy, which is essentially a version of Taoism. It's just like, you know, yin and yang and be like water. and Right. I don't know. So, wait, so, so yeah, he was paralyzed, right? Well, I don't know paralyzed, but... Um, like he had to, well, he was in bed for a few weeks and then he had to wear a back brace where he couldn't, you know, he couldn't train and practice and stuff. Like a doctor told him, if you do this, you'll ruin your back yeah. forever and then you can't work anymore. So he just sat in bed and read about philosophy and then wrote his book. So did he, uh, when he recovered, was he like fully recovered or was it like always kind of a residual? Uh, there was original? a residual pain. Yeah. yeah. So That's a bummer. He did this ar- around the time that he was filming uh, Game of Death and uh, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, so the a one, little bit before the the movie I watched, I'm realizing now what it is that it's about his life, um, but it's not a documentary; it's a movie. And oh, I want to yeah. say the guy who played Bruce Lee is the guy who we look it up. Yeah, he was the guy who was in. But so there, there the most famous one is from '93 called Dragon: The Bruce Lee Story. I think that's it. And let's see who plays him. It's actually Jason Scott Lee. Jason, and what what's, what's he in? I'm, I hope I'm right on one of those. Jason. Uh, Jason Lee is from The Jungle Book. Yeah, see, I knew he was, uh, it was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah, that does ring a bell now. Yeah, so it's like the the live-action Jungle Book from 94. Right. And, uh, and I, I thought he did a really good job. He actually does do kind of like a lot of hot tempers throughout that movie. We kind of tell maybe that's what they were. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's really not talked about too much just because it's... And I don't know how accurate that is, because I watched that, and that's what I got the thing when it shows clips from him doing uh, Green Hornet. It even shows the director like kind of be like, that's great, Bruce. Awesome, Bruce. And he keeps on going and going. Calm and down. Going. Yeah. <laughs> but he's doing all these cool, fancy stuff, and then the, the director's just like holding his head afterwards like, holy cow, this guy's good, or whatever. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. He broke everything. We have to... You know, the camera's broken. Now we gotta... Yeah. He seems like he... Like, 
I mean, precise maybe, but very intense. Like yeah. maybe in a in a scene, he might actually be hitting people, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, that that works in in actual fighting though. When you're fighting somebody else, the thing <laughs> the thing you know is that both of you are scared. That I don't know not anybody who Bruce Lee's not scared. But that's the thing is you're trying to wig the other guy out to make you believe that you're not scared and to scare them more. And so if you're intense all the yeah. time, and then you're also a fighter, and you're even more intense when you're fighting, like that's a scary thing to go against. You have to wrap your head around that before. I mean, I guess if you if you extrapolate that, it could be part of his whole his whole fighting philosophy. Like, yeah, I mean, be really precise, but then just be a scary motherfucker. Which would uh, honestly, that it, whether he did it on purpose or not, if he realized it worked, he might have just kept it up, or he might have just yeah. been that way and well, it worked for him. You know, like you grow up in a shitty neighborhood where there's gangs, and you're little. You know, you just gain a certain intensity to help you fight off people and yeah you gotta make it yeah well and so there's a couple things is that you got more on that too more on him yeah i got a little bit more okay sorry i didn't want to oh you're fine no no no, i was gonna Um, after the no i was just gonna extrapolate more on his his uh philosophy and fighting style is just pretty much i guess what i talked about earlier but yeah so his whole book was just about that yeah and uh it actually wasn't released until he died um but yeah, that's it. Is it's it Taoism, pretty much? Is the book a? Uh, is that something that people still use today? Do you know? And do people still use that as a? Yeah, means I mean, you, of could, you could buy it, and I'm sure that it's it's probably part of his his dojos or whatever his studios that are still around. Right. Yeah. Well, and so I guess the other things to bring up, and I don't know if you want to really bring this up in the podcast, so we can cut this out. But yeah. uh, the I, I hate to use the word conspiracy because I think there's people that you know oh, about his death. Yeah. Well, let's do the official. Um, yeah, that's good. Go with what we what with what what's written down that in the, the in the internet. What the popular belief probably okay. is. The when I so, say popular, I say the majority. I think people believe this. This is, this is actually a really unintentional but appropriate and and helpful time to do a, a Bruce Lee uh, synopsis, I guess, because a biography was just released about him that is one of the more definitive ones. Yeah. And it actually proposed a, a theory that hadn't been proposed before. So uh, so what happened was he was doing voiceover work for Enter the Dragon because, um, you know, it was recorded in Hong Kong, so it was all Cantonese. So was he in Hong Kong doing the voiceover? Yeah. So he was in, he was in Hong Kong, and I don't know if he was doing voice work for the film like he was Cantonese or if he was translating it into English. I don't know. But it was in May and super, super hot. Uh, I guess one of the hottest times, and he sort of collapsed and and didn't feel well. And they took him to the hospital, and they didn't know what was going on, and he just started having, from that May to July, he would have, like, seizures and and pass out. Bummer. And then in July of that year, uh, 73, might be 72. Okay. No. I just, I don't work. Pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Was uh, still exceedingly hot. He was at his mistress's apartment, and that's actually new, sort of new info. It was this uh, Taiwanese actress who everybody had just said was a friend of his, but, you know, it was just sort of known and unknown. He was dating her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, same thing. He he had a headache, and his back was still hurting, so she gave him, um, like, some, some aspirin and some kind of um, tranquilizer that... I'm sure is illegal now because it was the seventies right? and he went to bed and just didn't wake up. And so when they did the autopsy, they were like, it it looks like it was maybe an aneurysm. I don't know where medical science was at the time, but it was sort of in the air what killed him. And so several theories were proposed as 
it could have just been a, a a weird allergic reaction to the different medications he was taking. Could have been an overdose from the medications he was taking. Um, it could have just been that he had an aneurysm that maybe nobody had noticed he had a predisposition for, and it just took him. Yeah. Um, but the the book that just came out had proposed that. Um, so weirdly, a few years before that, he had actually had the sweat glands in his underarms and his armpits removed surgically. What? When? After he died? Well, before. So about 69 or 70. Why? So I guess this was a thing for action movie stars at the time, but because he would sweat so much, assistants would have to come over and dry him off, Wipe and it was just down. irritating. So people would actually have their armpit glands surgically I removed. Do that. It does not sound smart. Yeah. So you need those, right? <laughs> <laughs> evidently. So yeah, the idea is that his body couldn't regulate temperature, and when it's super hot and he's sitting in this room doing voiceover work, he had a uh, heat stroke, yeah. and maybe didn't adequately get better from it, and um, because his body couldn't regulate, and he was on a bunch of medication, his body crapped out. I mean, Bummer. that's kind of that's sort of the new theory now the is that theory. he just had an ex, like a really aggressive bout of heat stroke. That's a bummer. It sucks for somebody of such like it's a fucking energy strength and yeah, yeah to just something bullshit like that to kill. Yeah. Him. Well, and so and so this is the stuff I don't know. I haven't done any research at all on Bruce Lee, and I haven't done any research, especially on this. Yeah, I, I'm going to use the word, but I'm going to use a. I'm just going to try to use it lightly as how I can, is that I, I don't know if it's true or not, and I don't... There's obviously people that point one direction, but there's also people who point to another one that is commonly known as a conspiracy. Sure. That he was he was killed. Uh, same with along, that went along with his son. Like, yeah. Somehow they were both purposefully taken out. And mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it, so... I know that what we have here, what we research, is what you pulled up saying that it yeah. was this, and that's probably... Well, and... I mean, all the resources I used um, were less conspiratorial angled, but that doesn't mean that... It's not possible, something yeah. else. I mean, if, if the Chinese mafia or the triads or whoever wanted to kill him, sure, but I, I don't I don't know how they would accomplish it, but How maybe. fucking crazy would it be if, like, when he was a kid, he got in trouble while I get into a fight, he <laughs> leaves, he comes back, years later, he's famous, that guy's like, I know that fucker. The one kid he beat up when and he was nine. fucking, like... Kill him. <laughs> oh shit! And everybody's like, but "He's dude, not the that's new boss. Bruce Lee. I'm not gonna. I'm the boss. Him. I'm the boss. Just feed him pills. That's the only way we'll get him. We can't fight him. Yeah. Have you seen those movies? He fights like twenty guys at once. <laughs> we'll have to poison his aspirin. Yeah. I so mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I can say that obviously, going off of what uh, is commonly provided is that probably what you brought up was that he died from one of these possibilities of yeah, an actual shitty. health issue, but. I do know that there are people that strongly disagree. Not well, me personally, but I know there's people out there that strongly disagree. I mean, yeah, and again, I don't, I don't, I don't know the the whatever evidence they have pointing towards that. And I understand being attracted to conspiracies as I am, but uh, <clears throat> I don't know everything that because the thing is that when you look at like what the autopsy said was in his body, he did have some weird tranquilizers. He had some weird antibiotics. He had aspirin, um, like literally medications. I didn't know the words of because they you don't they don't exist anymore. Because yeah, this was stuff that after a few years they're like that's people are like not oh good. this kills people right. So he had a bunch of shit in his body. Um, he was he was a workaholic. He was super overworked. 
no sweat glands in his armpits. Shit. I mean, yeah, maybe he just fucking died. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if it was a mob hit, I would feel like they would stab him coming home from a restaurant or something. No. That's a pretty sly way to kill somebody, like <laughs> sprinkle something that can't be tested in his aspirin. I don't know. Or just overdosing him on on purpose, maybe. I don't know. Maybe the yeah. uh, maybe his mistress was all about trying to get some of that money. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. That's pretty crazy. But a very interesting life. And, I mean, the whole, you know, there's a lot of big takeaways uh, from him. But I think a lot of the big ones is that sort of changed the perception of Chinese uh, citizens in America. And obviously popularizing kung fu and shit. I mean. Very influential. There was only a handful of kung fu studios in America prior to Bruce Lee, and then after, specifically Enter the Dragon, there's like a million now. Yeah. Everybody was super into it. And the perception of, of, you know, Chinese people, unfortunately, in America was sort of weak and ineffectual, and he was obviously not that. Yeah. So he helped with a lot of stereotypes, and he was just a generally kick-ass guy. Yeah. So um, I'm going to give him two thumbs up. Me too. Well, yeah, I Bruce, don't usually do that. I love his movies. Yeah. Well, no, just alone, the crazy cat sounds he made. Yeah. He gets two thumbs up from me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just fucking bananas. So the two things, if you don't mind, I, I wouldn't mind bringing up that. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it might be a rumor, and it might even be a rumor based after Enter the Dragon and like brought from that as like a, a huge leap. I don't know. I'd actually like to go and look. But one of the rumors, rumors I remember hearing after watching Enter the Dragon Mm-hmm. If you remember, there's a scene that he's having a dream, and there's this kind of dark figure mm. that is always holding his son and just about to kill him, and he wakes up, and mm. and he's screaming. Anyways, the idea was, at least the rumor was, that he often had dreams that his son was going to die of an untimely death, and that he was, you know, <sighs> he was trying to protect his son, but he couldn't do anything about it, and there was supposed to be some sort of link to the idea that later Brandon Lee dies, um, I hope not. That's awful. Yeah, and the black mysterious figure isn't necessarily represented as an actual person, but as just death itself or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's probably a huge leap, I'm going to guess, and especially after the movie came out and then Brandon Lee dies, of course, in The Crow, um, you know, filming uh, The Crow. Mm-hmm. So, But I remember hearing that rumor back when I very first watched Enter the Dragon was that he dreamt of his son dying and couldn't do anything about it. I uh, hope not. That sounds awful. Obviously, I don't believe in any kind of... Uh, being able to tell the future or having dreams that actually mean anything that <laughs> but that it would be interesting if he actually did have that and then something did happen just uh, you know not yeah. related but the other thing too i was going to bring up as well is that uh i found out a while back if you're looking if, you know if you listen to the podcast or if you're already a, like a huge person of martial arts mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting because um anybody can actually teach martial arts you don't have to have any kind of credentials. Did you know that? There's not like an oversight committee, no. So like if you want to go open well, a shop. It's, it's Joe Rogan. You just have to ask him for permission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I would take lessons from Joe Rogan. I think he probably could give you some pointers. He probably, he was in the game for a while. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, as far as um, I was looking that up, it was like the 10, it was like 10 jobs that you think you would need like at least a degree or some sort of like whatever to get, but you yeah. don't. One of them was being um, uh, martial arts. Yeah, martial artist. So you could you can <laughs> technically just go buy a place, open up shop, and say you teach martial arts, even if you don't know anything, and there's nothing yeah. illegal about it. Like 
you, you know, you could get a bunch of students and just start kicking a bag and tell them <laughs> to do the same thing. And, and that's, nobody can sue you and be like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, that's fine. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> your, your check cleared. What about it? It's like that. Like there was another one that was interesting, unrelated private eye. Apparently like some states require you to have some sort of things, but some states don't in the United States. You could just but that's, go be a private eye. I mean, those are both kind of the same, like fringe careers. I yeah. mean, I mean, who's going to oversee that? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I would think. Well, I'm going to open a dojo and be a private eye. I guess my thought was if you're going <laughs> to be both. Yeah. I, was, I figure if a private eye, you'd want to have some sort of like maybe police background or, or some sort I mean, of investigating. Usually, yeah. You know, you went through. Cause or you're a super creep. Forensic. You just know how to follow people around. Yeah. But yeah, for to open up your own your own martial arts studio, the, I, I guess it makes sense when you think about it that, of course, you wouldn't need anything, but you'd think that you'd have to be able to. Well, be a you know trained by somebody else first, or it, well, you you do in certain like traditions. So like, um, well, I, you may not be able to open up a, a thing saying like I can do Bruce Lee's if you really can. Exactly. So, but if you're saying I'm going to teach you it, how to fight, then you can just do that. Exactly. Yeah. Like call it karate. If, if you want to open a, a Keet John Do, yeah, you'll probably get your studio your ass sued. Yeah. It's well, I don't even know if it's a legal thing, but you might get your ass kicked. Like oh, yeah. it's gonna have to be somebody who has a lineage to, to, to Bruce Lee, but I mean I'm the neighborhood I grew up in, there was a Taekwondo studio. Yeah. It's just run by a, a a balding guy with a beer gut. And I do remember thinking like, I don't know where he trained on that. <laughs> well, and it's funny too, because it reminds me of it reminds me of the uh movie um uh napoleon dynamite where that guy oh, yeah. who's wearing the american pants and he just talks <laughs> tough you know he doesn't act you can tell he doesn't know anything he's just yeah yeah that, that's what you can do uh, you know and there's even um there's a lot of speculation that 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 bruce lee may not have been as tough as he comes off that he was he was movie tough that he, right. he could move really fast and he did have a very muscular toned body but that maybe he wasn't as good at kung fu as he says, sort of like how that uh, Wong Jack fight went. Yeah. So there is some speculation that a lot of martial arts is like that, where if you go to a studio, maybe it's a guy who knows what he's talking about, and maybe it's just a guy who is good at looking like he knows what he's talking about. I imagine because Bruce Lee actually studied martial arts that he probably had some pretty good backing, whether or not he could take on everybody around him. Yeah. Yeah, but he could probably. I believe he was well-trained. Yeah, that's fine with me, but. The guy that ran that Taekwondo studio in Bountiful, definitely not. No, no. He didn't know anything. No. He had a map of Asia in there, and he just told people, like, yeah, I've been there. And they <laughs> See were that like, pin? See those really? pins? Those are the places I've been at. You will train my son to defend himself? Yes. <laughs> He's like, you're, like, you're like, you're American. Why are you saying stuff like, like that? <laughs> I will teach your son. <laughs> it's not always, like, you, oh, my God. You're born and raised here. You've never left I it. saw you at Walmart the other day. <laughs> Yes, they have very low prices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, so be careful if you're wanting to go find martial arts. Make sure you get uh, you know at least someone who knows. I don't know something. Just but... watch Bruce Lee movies and replicate him. Oh my god, I love. I I, I, I don't know a ton about fighting. I know zero about fighting. Let's just put that. Me too. Yeah. Okay, good. But uh, you hit people with his, these things. Um, your fist. His stance is really cool. Like he would get so close to people that. Uh, they would have to sort of like reach around to hit him, and which is a weaker punch. Exactly. So he gets so close, it's sort of like that that whole uh, telegraph thing where he could tell when they're about to hit, but they can't tell when he's about to hit because right. he's so close and he's constantly moving. And so uh, when he sees them cock like they're about to hit, 
he just hits them first. Yeah. And then he and then he just backs up and just sort of looks at them, like, what's up? And they're <laughs> I'll like, do it again. And they're like, fuck, okay, all right, okay, 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 okay. Uh, and then they go to they go to hit, and he and they're like, fuck, fuck. Like, that's just incredible to me. Yeah. Like, you're just in somebody's mind where they're they don't even know how to fight you because they're yeah. like, oh, well, in one shit, of his this movies, little guy's crazy. <laughs> well, in one of his movies, and I don't remember what it is, but he, I remember him being, um, he's going into a tournament with somebody, and the way they start the tournament, the fight, is their arms are actually crossing. Like, so they both have their fists out in front of the other person, mm-hmm. but they kind of cross arms. And I guess the idea is they kind of, they do this, and then the ref says, like, fight, and then they kind of, like, get ready to fight and right. back off or whatever. But in one of the movies, it shows him, they both have their arms crossed, and they're both kind of close to each other, and he just pops him in the face, and it ends Bop. the fight. Now, it was a movie. I don't know if he ever did that, <laughs> or if it's even legal, events. but yeah. but uh, I remember seeing him do that, and the guy just went down, and I was like him, then just kind of, like, walking away all cool, and is like, yeah, don't fuck with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, so much about his presentation is that, that, like, swagger just you know that what's up even if you didn't that's a great thing is if you were somebody if you were another martial arts like master that you had your own dojo and whatever and you were like calling him out to go fight him it'd be pretty intimidating if you heard all these stories and you weren't sure which ones were true and which ones were Mm -hmm. like you know that's that's not possible or that seems unlikely and then to go like fight him and see his intensity and then be like he might have fucking did some of this i don't know maybe he can do if you can convince people enough yeah it'd be scary to at least go up against that's, I mean, that's so much. I, I mean, again, I don't know anything about fighting, but it, a, a psychological aspect. Huge. That's what you want. Yeah, you want somebody to look at you like, I don't know what he's capable of. Yeah. I've heard some crazy shit, though. Well, and just that alone, it's funny because I'm, I'm sure there's tons of studies about how that works out with um, psychological and being the more aggressor. I mean, I've seen tons of fights where people seem like the winner should have been, you know, the guy who was more fit and, and faster or whatever, but the other mm-hmm. person just showed more aggression and that. They, they took it because of that. But on top of that, the psychological thing, that plays into everything. I mean, that's a huge thing in chess. That's like, it's, yeah, you get in someone else's head. And, and your marriage. Yeah. It's you, all there. Yeah. It's, so if you can get into the other guy's head, I don't beat that my might wife. Be the edge. She thinks I might. <laughs> that's, how our, that's how we have a healthy marriage. <laughs> she, <laughs> it's the implication. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's the implication. You keep using that word, and I, I don't think I understand. <laughs> Are these women in danger? <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. The implication. But they're not going to say no. <laughs> I don't think I understand. I don't think I understand. <laughs> like, I just don't want to accept what it probably that, means. <laughs> that That is so much like, um, like Conor McGregor. Like, he is a talented fighter, clearly. But so much of his thing is swagger and like an over the top aggression yeah. and confidence that I mean, yeah I think it psychs it psychs guys out. I, it, they're like I don't know what this dude's capable of. Well, even if it only buys you fractions of seconds because yeah, you're that much hesitant, something. yeah, you might have mm-hmm. lost the edge you could have you, know, you might have had. Yeah, and that was one thing that I noticed is that uh, McGregor's stance and style is cl- is sort of like Bruce Lee's. He's obviously he's not as fast, and his thing is less. Or zero taekwondo and kung fu, but more boxing. But he does the southpaw thing. He's got the swagger. He's he's yeah. usually quicker than most people. Yeah. Um. So they're the same. Well, whenever I watch person. old kung fu, <laughs> whenever I watch old kung fu movies, um, and I don't know how this really relates to actual fighting, um, with using you know karate and kung fu, but. There's been a lot of movies where they always bring in like a big Russian or a big American guy or yeah. whatever, and especially Morris. in the older ones. Yeah. yeah. And there's a difference between like 
the American guy or the Russian guy is like going for like straight power. He's just trying to punch as hard as he can. Yep. Where the uh, kung fu comes into play is they're, they're like more like weakening the person down by hitting them multiple times, like a lot softer but quick and a lot. And it, it adds up over time if you can't ever land a hit on them and they keep hitting mm-hmm. you enough, you eventually go down. And so I wasn't sure if that. I, I always wondered if that's actually like kind of the difference because they're fast. And uh, Bruce Lee showed that he could do power within one inch, but is he getting that much power every time he hits? Is it more just kind of like psychological as well, where he's just know. hitting you and you're like, fuck, that's quick. Well, so, I mean, I saw that um, he claims that he couldn't use a regular punching bag. So, like, a regular punching bag is somewhere between 35 and 60 pounds is what you buy him for. Mm-hmm. He couldn't use it because it was too weak. So, <laughs> he claims. Right. He had a punching bag full of metal. So what he claims is that he punched so hard that for him to train for it, it had to be essentially a steel punching bag. So at least as far as what he says, he claims, yeah. yeah, that it is about both speed and power. But well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's... a lot of a lot of this is psychological shit. Yeah, where you just tell somebody well, that's brilliant like, though. At the same time, you pussy ass with your with your regular punching bag minds man on the middle because i punch so hard <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny too because that's what if you ever watch two two bros fight right in a bar fight or whatever most of the time it, neither of them throw a punch for a while they're both just yelling at the person because they're trying to psych the other hey, one out fuck you. and psych no, them fuck you yeah, I'll, I'll kick your ass i'll fuck you up make a move make a move do it and they always use the word pumpkin and i've never <laughs> i don't think pumpkin like is used in a term of uh, like it hurts your feelings. Like, <laughs> well, I love it because it's it's uh, such a like it's almost an, a term of endearment, like what you call like honey bunch, you know, it's like to your wife or whatever. Hey, pumpkin. But I've never heard anyone actually use that to their significant other. It's only used hey, ironically. How you like that, huh, pumpkin? You like that? Hey, sweetheart. <laughs> you know that's that. If I ever get into fights, that's that's my go-to. Is I I don't say pumpkin. I say weird stuff. Just though. do kissy faces and be like, I'm gonna. Fuck you up, beautiful. <laughs> I I say I, cutie baby. So I've not been in, I've never been into many fights, but the things that come through my head, and I don't care how crazy it sounds, <laughs> the crazier the better. Is that it's like I'm gonna yeah. fuck you in the ass so fucking hard. You don't understand. If I get my hands on you, I'm fucking your ass so hard. You're gonna love it. You're yeah. gonna fucking love it. That you're just, gonna come so much. Yeah. You think you think you're gonna hurt me with your punch? I'm gonna re- I'm gonna shove my dick so far up your ass. That's the thought. With- my dick and my fist. Yeah. And my balls. All of it. I'm going to cram it all in there. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is, you're going to love it. Yeah. I'm going to kiss you're you gonna too. I'm going to kiss you hard. I'm going to kiss your mouth so fucking hard. I'm going to call your parents. Let them know I'm proposing to you <laughs> while my dick is in your hand. Then I'm going to take you on a nice honeymoon and have a great dinner. And then I'm going to fuck you hard. I'll buy, I'll buy you the steak dinner. See, I, I would want to buy you the steak and the fish. <laughs> get whatever you want, baby. You get whatever you want. Doesn't matter. I will bury you after. <laughs> <laughs> and that's see i would want to fight someone who said shit like that to me so that's how i yeah, think you just leave yeah like, oh yeah. fuck this guy's crazy i he might not be able to take me but just in case i don't want him to do anything weird <laughs> i guess yeah a lot of it has just got to be a mind fuck it's like a uh, almost anything competitive sports well, and poker and and everything you just want to be in the other person's head well, as someone is who, who's never fought before it is still not unheard of of a, a, a small weak guy punching somebody in the right spot of the head all it takes is one hit on a strong guy yeah you can knock him out you can break noses you know pressure you can stop the fight shit. pretty quick yeah. even even just getting a lucky hit i mean yeah so yeah the guy who's stronger more fit and, and faster has obviously better chances and mm-hmm. they might rip your head off but it, you, you land a, a punch it doesn't take much pressure in the right spot you could yeah you could well knock somebody out 
And nobody likes getting punched in the head. Oh, it sucks. If you do it fast enough, they'll sort of be like, oh, that I got sucks. Punched, I'm going home. I got punched in the head with fucking brass knuckles on. The guy had brass knuckles who hit me in the head. Not cool. Yeah, I was pissed. Is your brain, like, do you think less now? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> less thoughts. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd be like, I, I wouldn't be able to, because I think less, I wouldn't be able to compare. <laughs> you wake up and you're like, something's off, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm a hot pocket. <laughs> Yeah, I get that though. Like you know, I'm I'm small and I don't I don't fight people, but I do have an overly like, fuck you attitude. I don't think you're like very at, aggressive at work. I don't think I'm aggressive, but sort of just arrogant. I'm definitely arrogant. Like hmm. at work, I'd sort of just stand with my chest up. Oh yeah, and it's not. I'm not trying to present or anything, but yeah, I just don't take shit from people. Like no. with with coworkers, I just talk down to them. <laughs> I just don't care. You're a bully. Maybe, yeah. Because, <laughs> Maybe because I, you know, I don't, I don't care. It's, when you're small, especially, it is a thing where you're like, no, I just always have to be on my feet because if any of these people felt like it, they could beat me up. <laughs> so I gotta make sure they don't feel I like. I have to they make sure feel they like feel it. smaller than me. So I go, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and your brain's small. How do you feel about that? You're stupid. I'm smarter than you. And I could beat you up if I felt like it. <laughs> but I'm smart. I'm crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, my whole life it's funny front. as being somebody. So I, I'm only I'm only six foot. I'm not necessarily super tall. That's taller than average, though, isn't it? I don't know what the average is. Five foot eight, five foot nine is average. Five foot ten. I don't well, know. Yeah, that's the funny thing is I heard a lot that that Bruce Lee's like whole thing was that uh, um he was overcompensating for being small, but then everything I saw he was five seven, five eight. That's pretty regular, right? Well, maybe in, maybe the people that he was fighting to were maybe a bit bigger, taller. I don't know, but uh. It's weird though because when people take a picture of me next to other people that are shorter than me, it doesn't look the same as how it feels to me. According to Google, the average male is five nine. Oh, there you go. So, so I'm not that much taller. I'm only a little bit taller than the average. Yeah, you're a little bit on the other side of the bell curve. Couple, couple I'm inches. on the bottom of the other side of the bell yeah. curve. I'm just before it's legally uh, handicap. No, you're you're much you're much higher than that. No, I mean all the. I thought legal handi- handicap. Technically, it's four foot eight or nine. I honestly don't know. Ten. I know that all the phone books that I have in my car speak otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, all of them, not just one. There's, there's all multiple. Seven. <laughs> White pages, yellow pages, a couple Whatever, times I'll over. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. Cheers to Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Um, way more kick ass than I thought he was. Um, not the personality I thought he was. I, I really thought the whole kung fu fighting thing was like a put on for movies, for movies, for movies, and for movies, and for um, you know, just that I I felt that being Chinese, I, this is racist of me to say, but I just thought, well, they all know kung calmer. fu. They, oh, all, yeah. they all know kung fu. Yeah, yeah. And they all have like that Taoist, uh, Confucius philosophy. But apparently, no. Like you know, yeah, anybody. He hates mean. Confucianism. He doesn't like tradition. He's like, do your own thing. Nice. But he's hyper, hyper aggressive. And uh, I always thought he was kind of a calmer person. That exactly. He was just playing it up for the movies, of yeah. course. But a lot of stuff I read, he was a he was a firecracker. Like it was not it was not difficult to piss him off, and yeah. he would he would get in people's faces and. Yeah, I'm okay with that because just just thinking about that makes me happy that they'd be on set like, okay, Bruce, we're gonna we're gonna do this scene now real quick and where's the fucking milk at? <laughs> Who who's supposed to bring the milk? I'll kick their ass. Some lady's like, sorry, no. Bruce, I know you asked for turkey, but we only have ham for the sandwich. He's like, fuck you. How? <laughs> the director's like, Bruce, Bruce, save it for Bruce, the save Bruce, it for the scene, Bruce. It. Hold on. He's like, 
Great. All right, well, all right, all right. We'll go get turkey. We'll go get turkey. We're gonna go. Bur- oh, we have to go bury another intern. Fucking <laughs> 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 kicked her in the head. It's over. We don't want to lose the money on this. Is Let's there just- mayonnaise on this sandwich? <laughs> no, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what the right answer Brenda, is. Brenda, <laughs> we gotta bury another one. <laughs> It's a good thing these people don't matter. <laughs> we don't pay them. It's yeah. fine. That's why we always send them in to go give him this shit. Like, I'm not going to go give him a shit. I don't want to tell him. I can't remember what he likes. I don't doesn't... remember if he likes... Does he like mayonnaise or does he hate mayonnaise? <laughs> I quit. I don't I don't want to find out. <laughs> we lost another director. <laughs> yeah, he's just in there, just freaking out. <laughs> I wonder if he practiced in front of the mirror. Or like, let's do his Probably. voice and stuff. I mean, I think, yeah, well, yeah, his facial expressions and his like body movements were pretty precise. I yeah. bet they're, yeah, practiced. Yeah. Well, I imagine he probably worked in areas that had mirrors, like when you work out and shit, kind of a thing where they have just a bunch of mirrors around you. Yeah, I mean, the last the last scene of Enter the Dragon, just all those mirrors. That's actually his personal house. <laughs> <laughs> the one where he's like breaking mirrors because he can't find the guy. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't know they were filming the movie. they knew he gets a hot temper so they wouldn't put cameras there like just get this for a while okay so he uh he's just in his own head he asked for tea today don't bring him tea put the cameras in there like are you crazy no no no, we're gonna get the best scene we've ever gotten and that yeah the part where he like puts that dagger through the guy and hangs him on the mirror that's just an intern that's just (laughs) they didn't plan for that like oh this is perfect just spin the spin the thing so it looks good Don't tell his family. It's fine. <laughs> He's already killed ten. What's one more? <laughs> oh God. Well, cheers to Bruce Lee. Now that we just tarnished his whole thing. <laughs> yeah. We don't. But don't take any of what we just said. Yeah, it's fine. It's... He's 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 a kick-ass guy. Yeah. Super ambitious, smart, tough as a motherfucker. Uh, his passing was just a freak accident. It's a bummer. Yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Did great for movies and kung fu. Yeah, it made me want to go learn kung fu. I mean, uh, if I wasn't like a fat alcoholic, maybe I would, but I'm just going to pretend now. Well, I wouldn't sure. <laughs> like when people come at you at a bar, you just got to put your hands up and be like, <laughs> So I, I would imagine he's probably been a huge inspiration to other uh, kung fu artists in the movie and show. It makes me wonder if like... Yeah, Jackie Chan and, and guys like that. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they looked up to him and were like, that's, that's I what I want to do. I really, I mean, I the whole kung fu, I mean, uh, movie situation would not exist with them yeah definitely not cool hey go bruce lee bruce lee (laughs) hey thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts be sure to catch our next one that's coming out thank you People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch.